That's my name right there, guys. Yeah! What? Um, welcome to Excel Youth. I am your new youth pastor, Pastor Izzy. They had, they had my last name up there, and I was like, take that off. I just, it makes me feel old. You know what I'm saying? So I'm Pastor Izzy, and I'm so excited because tonight is my first night getting to speak and hang out with the greatest youth ministry in Chicago and everywhere else, XL Youth Ministries. And so I'm going to start off like I do all the time. I said, hey, yo! Yeah, that's just, I just want to make sure you guys are with me. So when I say, hey, yo, you say, hey, yo. Does that make sense? Go ahead, throw the graphic on the screen tonight. Listen, we're starting a brand new series called, everyone say it with me, Das Cap. That's Cap. That's Cap. You're like, wow. By the way, that's a dope graphic. If you notice the top part, it says Salvation Advisory, Biblical Content. Can I get amen? I'm so excited to be preaching to you guys tonight. Uh, if I pass out because of how excited I am, don't worry. I'll just chalk it off and say it's the Holy Spirit, and maybe Sal will come up and finish it or say something like that. You ready for that, just in case I pass out? Yeah, he's like, uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. All right, so you see on the screen, the series is called Das Cap. The lies we believe. We all have that one friend that is like expert level S tier capper, right? Don't look at them right now. I see some of y'all like, you know what I'm saying? It's like that one guy that you just know. He's like, hey man, the other day, man, I was playing Call of Duty. I, got, I won like eight games in a row. You're like, great, Where are the, where's the proof? You're like, oh, my internet crashed. Cap. Like, there's no way. You know, we got that one person that likes to exaggerate everything, and it's just you know for a fact that is. Yeah. Say it with me. Yeah. I'm just making sure y'all awake. I'm just making sure y'all awake. So, like, you know, some people, some people just love to cut. I'm not going to lie to you. When I was a little kid, I was so bad at lying. I was awful. My mom used to do this thing. This is a true story. My mom used to be like, she lined all my brothers up. So me and my twin, my older brother, we'd just be like right before we go to bed. She's like, all right, does anybody have anything to confess? You know, like now was our opportunity. I don't know what was going to happen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But she was like, she's lining us up like we're like in prison or something. She's like the warden. I love my mama though. She'll beat me up though. She's like, do you have anything to confess? I'm like, ah, no. And she knows for a fact. That I'm lying. Or if I happen to like squeeze my butt cheeks close enough and like not have to worry about it, I might get through. But she used to be like, great, because if you don't tell me the truth, the Holy Ghost is going to minister to you tonight. And you're like, I'm five. You say ghost? What is, what do you mean a ghost is going to minister to me tonight? <laughs> I'm like, mom, what is that? So literally in the middle of the night, I'd hear my twin brother, you know, in the bunk bed, like, quivering and like crying and I like lean over the bed you know because I was on the top bunk like this just and I'm like what's wrong with you 
You know that ugly cry? Some of y'all do that at camp. You're like, I don't know if he's speaking in Spanish, in tongues, and he's speaking in graffiti. I don't know what he's speaking in. And I'd be like, oh, man. So he'd get up, and we'd go to my mom's room, and she'd be like, I told you, the Holy Spirit. I was like, listen, I don't know what's happening right now, but I lied. We all lied. I don't know what I lied about, but I lied about something. We all got that one friend, right? That's a straight cap. Everybody say, that's cap. That's so cap. That's so cap. You want to know something real talk? Do you know that we have an enemy that loves to lie? If you didn't know, that's okay. You didn't know. I'm telling you right now. We have, we have an enemy, and his name is Satan. He's, you can call him the devil. You can call him whatever else you want to call him. He loves to lie to you. He loves to deceive. That's one of the first things we see him do in Scripture in the book of Genesis. If you don't know where Genesis is, it's like right after the table of contents. It's like boom right there. Blah, blah, Genesis. Genesis, Genesis, Genesis. And we see him right away do something that he's been doing to us since. And that's cap. That's just lie. To our faces. And I believe that the way... because. Uh, when you know somebody's cap, you kind of get used to it, and later on you could tell, and so they got to get creative in the way that they cap to you and the way they lie to you. If you're doing that, stop. Don't do that anymore. But the way he uses lying now is not really up front anymore. It's through culture. And what, like, what's culture? Like, when I was your age, I'm like, what is culture? Somebody keeps saying that culture is identifying me. I don't know what that means. What is that? Well, it's, it's our mainstream media. It's our social media. It's the games we play. It's the music we listen to. It's our news networks. It's everywhere. Billboards, it's everything, right? Everything that's in your face that is being produced for you as entertainment or whatever, that's the culture. Does that make sense? Turn to your neighbor and say, that makes sense. That makes sense. So the whole point of the series is we're going to dive into some of the cultural lies that the enemy likes to use to convince us is right. So what do I mean by that? There's some things that we hear in social media, and there's some things we hear just as we try to give each other advice and things like that, that sounds good and feels good, but it's a, it's a lie. Everybody say, that's cap. It's cap. So what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about cultural lies, the lies that we believe in. So are y'all ready to get into the Word? Uh, uh, I hear. <laughs> All right, I got the Sky Bible on the screen. Go ahead, throw it up. If you guys don't know what the Sky Bible is, this is the Sky Bible. It's uh, in the sky. Because some of y'all don't have your Bibles with you. So I got it right here, but don't worry. I'm going to read it for you. Once again, are y'all ready for the Word? It says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Eat your, eat your fruit. Eat your vegetables, guys. <laughs> I hear amen. Someone, somebody was like, Ugh. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all remember the songs that you sang in, like, Compass Kids. Does anybody know, like, a Fruit of the Spirit song? <laughs> And so for altar, Dada's going to come and lead us and minister into it. No, no, it's not true. Not true. Let me pray for us. Lord, once again, we come before you. 
And the reality of it is, Lord, is um, I could be as funny or not funny or creative or not creative as much as possible. But if you don't breathe on this word and if you don't breathe on this service, your breath of life, Lord, all this was for nothing. But I know that you're not a liar, that when you say two or three are gathered in your name, you'll be here. So, God, I know you're here through the power of your Holy Spirit. Show us what we haven't seen before in this scripture, in this passage, Lord. And I pray that the result tonight would be changed hearts and changed lives. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. Hey, happiness is a big deal to us. So much that one of like the top charting songs by Pharrell was what song called? Happy. Some of y'all played that probably today. And it's amazing. Happiness is one of those ways that we can, like, determine how we're doing in life. Right? So, like, if something great happens, then we're great. But if something not so great happens, then we're not so great. Who's seen the Lego movie? Yeah. Who absolutely can't stand that movie? <laughs> Just Rob, Rob's face was... Hey, stop watching the Lego movie every day, okay? She's tired of it. <laughs> What's that song they put in there? Yeah, let's see, no, right away. Like, everything is awesome. Everything is awesome until what? Everything is not awesome. Right? Right? It's just one day everything's awesome, and the next day you're stuck in traffic. They got your coffee order wrong. You have a bad hair day. Your makeup's smearing. You know what I'm saying? It's just a bad day. Forgot your homework, your dog ate it, whatever. What are those things and phrases that we hear quite often when it comes to like happiness? Is when, you know, when you're trying to give somebody good advice and you're like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know if I want to go there or there or do this or do that or break up with them or not or whatever, right? This isn't a relationship chapel. I'm just saying. Or, or service, I said chapel. <laughs> But what do they normally say? Do what makes you happy. Oh, so you guys know what I'm saying. Do what makes you happy. Whatever makes you happy right now, just do that. Right? And you're like, yeah, I'll do that. Most of the time, what happens? It don't really work out. You stay with them and you're miserable for another year. And then Pastor Joey has to tell you to break up and all that stuff, right? You're like, Wow. That's really deep. I'm sorry. I wish I, could tell, I wish I could tell you that God wants you to be happy. That God wants you to enjoy your life. That he never allows anything bad to happen to you. What if I told you that that kind of theology, let's say I'm here and I'm like, God wants, God wants to make you happy and, and he won't let anything bad happen to you. That kind of theology, what if I told you tonight is a lie? What if I told you that that kind of thinking and that kind of conviction and that kind of, uh, of like I said, theology, what if I told you that that's a trap that the enemy has set for you? Do what makes you happy. That's a lie. One of the lies that culture tells us and this is the lie that we're going to be talking about tonight. So this is the lie that when the enemy comes to you, says, hey, man, do what makes you happy. What can you say? That's cap. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's cap. That's cap. That's a lie. 
away with thee. Satan, the lies is, the lies is, God wants us to be happy. This is a trap. This is a trap that actually causes you to what? To miss out on something that is so much more rewarding. Happiness has a serious problem. They're like, dang, God doesn't want me to be happy. No, no. He wants you to be something, and we're going to get to that here in a second. But it's not happiness. So if you were at the prayer meeting last night, if you're at the prayer meeting, say, you're. Okay, there's like four of you that were there, took a picture with you. That means all of you should be, excuse me, at the prayer meeting because Pastor Joey, our incredible lead pastor, and myself, your incredible youth pastor. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be kind of coexisting in our messages so that you hear two different sides and you get a little bit more in depth on Wednesday night. So please come out to the Wednesday night prayer meeting is what I'm saying. Happiness has a problem. What are they? It's short-lived. It's short-lived. It doesn't really last long. It's, it's temporary. It's very quick. It's a quick fix, right? Happiness. Because in the next second, done. God doesn't exist to make us happy. Man, that's heavy. When I, when I was praying about this and, and Pastor Joey and I were talking about this, I was like, man, I just don't want to like get up here and like bash you guys in the head with like, don't be happy. Now go change your world. Like, I didn't want to do that. But I really want you to understand this is a lie. It's not a coincidence that we say the truth will set you. So what do lies do? They trap you. They bind you. They chain you down. They, they hold you captive. They master you. And so that's why we're uncovering this tonight. And we're going to go in deeper on this verse of the fruit of the Spirit so that we can say, that's cap. That's cap. If you believe God's supreme goal is your happiness, then you could draw the conclusion that whatever makes you happy must be right. And whatever makes you unhappy must be wrong. Or you believe that discomfort, delay, obstacles, all those things that just get in my way of just happiness are not from God. We've all felt that, right? We've all felt like, man, this is not of God. This F on my homework, not of God. Not of God. This isn't him at all. This is bad. You're like, no. It's of you. You didn't study. Oh, snap. Happiness is dependent on our outward circumstance to determine our inward position. I'm going to say that again. Happiness is dependent on our outward circumstance to determine our inward position. Happiness isn't wrong. But the problem with happiness is that it's both uncontrollable and changeable. You can't control, like, when happiness comes and when happiness goes, and you're like, ice cream makes me happy until you eat the entire carton. Pastor Ariel, I'm just playing. Please don't kill me later. <laughs> and it leads us to seek the false gods of money, of pleasure, of 
comfort and those things, the roller coaster of happiness is a lie and second rate to what God wants to give us through Christ Jesus. What happens when we allow what makes us happy into our lives and into our minds and into our daily routines and they become habitual, you know what you do to those things? You elevate them to a God status. Like, but it makes me happy and that's what I go to. That's what I do when I need to de-stress. Can I tell you that that kind of thinking ultimately will lead you down a path that ends up at idolatry? What's idolatry? It's you worshiping something else other than God. You're like, but I'm not singing about, you know, whatever being a way maker for me. Like, no, but you think about it the most. Hmm, you talk about it the most. When things go bad or when you're not happy or when you get sad or when you want to be happy, that's the first thing you think about. I'm not saying, again, that happiness is wrong. What I'm saying is that God has something more and everlasting and better for you than something that can come and go like that, like that. In Galatians, what we wrote, Paul, what we just read, uh, Paul wrote a letter to the church, and the church had problems with false teachers and, and, and who were opposed to this message that when you simply put your faith in Jesus, you experience what? Forgiveness, freedom, and a new life in Christ. Ultimately, joy. It's three letters Three letters that can change your life. Joy. You're like, good, because I can't spell happiness. <laughs> Amen. Me, I can't either. You know how many times I had to, like, correct myself while I was typing all this? I'm like, that's why God loves joy, because it's easier to spell. That's not in the Bible, okay? <laughs> I want to read you. I want to read you this. Paul explains to the Galatians that true freedom in Christ means living by the power of the Holy Spirit at work and through our lives. Here's verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, and everyone say this, joy. Say it again. Joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But tonight we're talking about joy. Joy is a supernatural fruit of the Spirit that enables us to delight in God's goodness no matter the situation. What makes joy so amazing and what makes joy so much desirable is that it's not ever based on our circumstances. I said this uh, the other day uh, as we were worshiping. I said, I'm so thankful that God's goodness and his joy isn't based on how I feel. Because how I feel is different within the hour. Some of y'all are not. Some of y'all are a little bit better than me. And like, you're pretty much like this all day. You know, like, ah, things don't bother me. Me, I'm very emotional, okay? Like, I'm screaming in traffic. I'm crying when I get home. And I'm happy when I'm eating pizza. Those are just the three things that I'm in my life. My wife can attest. We were at Demos last night. I was so happy to be eating pizza. This was me, just with my slices coming to the table. You know what I'm saying? She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, this makes me happy. And then I was like, now I'm convicted because pizza's my God. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Lord, please don't let that happen. I want to share. That's funny. I don't care what none of y'all say. Joy is not based on our circumstances. It's based on who he is. 
and he is unchanging. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he says. So if we find joy in him, it's always there. And it's always strong. I want to share with you three ways to experience the joy God has for you. Everybody hold up a three like this. This is how I learned in high school. I don't know why they taught us this, but this is really weird. So if you ever see me count, I do this. I don't know. It's just weird. We all look like Ninja Turtles right now. <laughs> I love the Ninja Turtles. Y'all ready for this? Number one. First way to experience joy that God has for you is faith in Jesus Christ. Look at, look at verse 24 on the Scott Bible. Boom. That would have been cool if they did it. Verse 24. Boom. Ha! Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Look at the first few words. Those who what? Belong. Those who belong to Christ Jesus. It's going to be really hard for us to experience joy in our lives if we don't have an active relationship with Jesus. Because joy isn't a thing. Joy is a man. And his name is Jesus. Our joy is found in Jesus. If you're here tonight and you're not happy, and you're in a place that's a little dark or maybe really dark, and you just can't find your way out, here's the light at the end of the tunnel right now. His name is Jesus, and he's inviting you in, and he's inviting you into joy so that you can, no matter what you face, be strong. Like Pastor Joey talked about last week, be strong and courageous. Man, joy is our strength. Joy is found in Jesus and having a relationship with Jesus instead of the superficial and temporary feelings of happiness, you can experience a supernatural joy that will last. So what are we talking about? We're talking about the difference between happiness and joy. And tonight, ultimately, you're going to be left with a decision. And I'm praying that as we break down these verses a little bit more, that you would pick Jesus, that you would pick joy. Why? Like, why? When you come to Christ, what happens? You experience freedom from sin, right? Deliverance from guilt and shame. Freedom from anything that would master you. An assurance of spending eternity with Jesus, right? That's all really good things. I'm trying to get to heaven. I don't know about you. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you. She's like, yes. Heaven, yes. Hell no. All right. <laughs> It all starts with Jesus. I was, I was debating, and we're streaming this. Oh, man, I'm going to get fired on my first week. You can't experience joy without what? Without encountering Jesus. It all starts here. If you're here tonight, and maybe you might not know Jesus probably the way that I'm going to be talking about tonight, I want you to know that's okay. I want you to know that through the power of the Holy Spirit, he wants to have a relationship with you. And he's extending his joy to you. And it's up to you tonight to receive that. I like to say this, that a reaching God is reaching for you. But you will not be able to experience joy if you have not encountered Jesus. And if you're here 
You have not encountered Jesus. Or maybe you need to have another encounter with Jesus. Maybe you and him need to reconnect. Don't trip. We're going to spend some time tonight, and I'm going to give you that opportunity. So the first one was faith in Jesus. The second way that we can experience God's joy in our life is this. Stay in step. Stay in step. You ever been to a party or like a quince or like a homecoming and like the cha-cha slide comes on? You know what I'm saying? Or oh, what's that wobble song? <laughs> I've, I went to, I, went, I, went, I have no idea what that song is. That's all people like. And I'm like, that's a lot of wiggling, wobbling, and all that. I don't know if that's biblical. But I remember when the cha-cha slide came out, and you're like, wow, you're old. I'll fight you. Don't talk to me like that. And I used to get so mad when people weren't in step. I'd get so annoyed. I would naturally, like, work my way up and do it next to them and be like, see, this is how you do it. You know what I'm saying? What are you doing? You don't cha-cha like, like that. You cha-cha like this. You know what I'm saying? Gosh, I used to get so mad. I'm thankful that sometimes when we get out of step with God, he doesn't get mad at us. I'm thankful that he's just not like, hey, you need to go. This cha-cha ain't for you. Cha-cha your way out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm glad God doesn't do that. I'm glad he does somewhat of what I did is he gets next to you. He says, hey, do it like this. Do what I'm doing. Stay in step. Everybody say, stay in step. Verse 25 says this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I love the Bible. The Bible is so cool. Keep in step. Some of you don't have joy, and happiness is fleeting because you're not keeping in step with God. And that's a harsh truth that we have to face. You're keeping in step with the world. You're like, wow, call me out. I love you enough to do it. I love you enough to point the finger at me. Man, you know what? Sometimes I'm not in step, God, and I need you to help me get back in step. Some of you, you're not experiencing joy in your life and the happiness that you have comes and goes and it's not consistent because you're just not in step and you're you're chasing other things the things that the devil throws at you and presents to you like this is good right you look at the garden he's like this is a good thing you should bite this you should eat this did God really say that I wish they would have been here to be like devil that's cap tonight you can say that what does he do? What are the things that he likes to throw in our face? Let's look at Galatians 19 to 21. This is the message version. So I want you to read this. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way. Hmm. Well, repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, just like whatever can make me happy. I just don't want to feel what I'm feeling anymore, right? Trinket gods. Oh, but y'all, we won't go there tonight. That's fine. Magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or to be loved, Divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits. 
the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. That means everybody's a hater. Everybody's hating on me. Nobody likes me. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. He says this. Look, he goes, I could go on. He's like, and there's more. And some. Y'all are doing all that. I love this because what is, what is he showing us right here? These are the things that the enemy loves to tempt us with. He loves to tempt us with a good time. He's like, if I could just put this in their face, if I could just make them feel like this is what they need in this moment, because why? It's probably easier. It's easier to find something that's going to numb you for the moment. One of my favorite poets from a, a group, uh, they're not together, they're called Hotel Books. He goes, I would rather feel uh, pain than feel nothing. So I'd rather just deal with what I need to deal with than look for other things to just numb me. Because what happens there? Nothing. Because when that numbness goes away, what's still there? The pain. The pain. I'm here to tell you that God doesn't want to just numb your pain. He wants to heal your pain. He's not here to necessarily all the time remove it. But he's here with you through it. And that's what joy does for us. You can't sow this kind of worldly living and expect to reap joy. I don't plant apple seeds and expect pumpkins. That's weird. If that happens to you, let me know. That's actually really weird. I was going to say, like, call Ripley's Believe It or Not or something. Or you probably just bought the wrong bag of seeds. But do you know what I'm saying? You don't plant apple seeds to get oranges. You plant apple seeds to what? Get apples. So I wonder why we plant seeds of worldliness and seeds of cultural lies expecting, like, a joy that only comes from God. We're like tilling the ground and we're working really hard to make sure our lives are in place. And they're like, you know what? You know what? Here's an addiction that I like. Hope that turns into joy. Uh, here's a toxic relationship that I keep going back to. I think that'll be joy at some point. Right? We'll see. We'll see. See a year from now. We'll see what relationship service that I might break up with them with. Right? You know what? Here's the, do you see what I'm saying? For you to expect this, that's, that's crazy. That's, that's the enemy leading you on to this, this life of, of constantly reaping this death and toxicity as you wait for something that only God can give you. God, God can give this to you, and he wants to. You must do what you did first. Do what you, God has already spoken to you. Keep in step with the Spirit. What does that look like? Like, what does it look like to keep in step with the Spirit? It looks like this. It looks like saying, God, whatever you say is good for me, is good for me. I said, eat your vegetables earlier, which is very good for you. And some of you are like, meh. You know, God is like, hey, you should, you should read today. You should read your word today. Some of you are like, ah. And you wonder why some of y'all are spiritually out of shape and you're spiritually overweight because you haven't been feeding yourself. You haven't been staying in step. I wonder, I wonder what would happen if we say, God, whatever you say is good for me is good for me. 
I believe it. I believe you. I'll do it. What does it look like? You know what? You know what staying in step looks like? It looks like going to the prayer meeting. This isn't this plug to get you guys to show up. It, the Bible says this, and this isn't in my notes. If my people will hum the, humble themselves, pray and seek my face then, and pray. So when we pray, then Bible says that he will forgive our sins and restore our land, right? That's like the Izzy International Version. He's saying, if you pray, I will hear. If you spend time with me, I will be with you. The Wednesday night prayer meeting is so important because it's, it's a DNA strand of the church. When we say, what's Belmont Assembly about? We're about praying. And we're about seeing God answer prayers. It's hard for God to answer prayers if we're not praying. If we're not sowing those seeds. That wasn't in my notes, but it's whatever. Go to the prayer meeting because I'm telling you, we're going to see a move of God like we've never seen before at this church. Like we've never seen before. And it starts when you come together to pray, to seek the Lord. And I promise you, I've seen it. God will show up and he'll do the impossible. And he'll restore things that we thought were dead and gone. And he'll resurrect things that we thought were dead and gone. And it's because people come together and pray. That's good. Put your faith in Jesus. Stay in step with God, his word. And finally, last point, and the band can come up. Cultivate joy. You're like, wait, wait a minute. I thought joy was given to me. It is. But there's a way that we can cultivate it. There's a way that we can help grow it in our lives. How? Through gratitude. Through thanksgiving. Joy is not getting what you want. It's appreciating what you have. I'll say it again. Joy is not getting what you want. It's appreciating what you have. When you come to God and express a gratitude for him in your life, here's what it does. It takes the focus off of you and your circumstances and what you want. By expressing gratitude, God gives us joy that goes beyond ourselves. Nehemiah 8 Verse 10 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I get it. There may be some things in your life tonight that you're like, man, I, I don't know if I can do this joy thing because it looks a little hopeless. And I'm running out of strength. And I don't know what to do. I'm here to tell you the joy of the Lord is your strength. How are you going to make it? How are you going to make it through this? The joy of the Lord is here. The joy of the Lord is for you. It goes beyond you. It's like how, the, the world is crashing around me. And, and like Pastor Joey said, it's not fake it till you make it. It's this joy that comes from within you, from a relationship with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is like, don't worry. What's in you is going to sustain you. It will strengthen you through this. And it may not make sense. And people might be a little weirded out. Hey man, well, I don't know how you're smiling right now. The joy of the Lord is my strength. If I did this on my own, I wouldn't make it. But I know I'm going to be okay because God's got me. 
God's got you. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Psalms 40, verse 5. When it comes to gratitude and thanksgiving and how you cultivate joy, how can you stay joyful, right? You get it, and you're like, I don't want this to leave me. Don't leave. This is attitude of thanksgiving. It says this, Oh, Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. Right here. If I tried to recite all of your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. So you're saying tonight, and I have it written here because I really want you to understand. Pastor Izzy, I hear you, but why joy? It seems like this is a lot of work because Jesus took your place on a cross so that you can experience this joy. Check this out. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus isn't blackmailing you to be joyful. He's like, hey, you got to hang out with me to get this. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, listen, that cross, that cross that I'm about to hang on, that in itself is not joyful. But what's beyond that, what is set before that, what is set beyond that, it's you. You are his joy. When he saw the cross and he saw the price that had to be paid, what was set before him? You. So that he can invite you in and say, I have this gift that will sustain you. I have this gift that when the world is crashing around you and you don't know where to go, this is going to be here. And it's going to be a foundation for you. And it may not make sense, but I know for a fact that if you were to come to me and you would find this joy, I promise you, you're going to be okay. What was his joy at the cross? The worst the worst place to be, the most brutal way to die. What was his joy? You. It was you this whole time. What's our joy? What's our joy in situations and circumstances that don't make sense? It's Jesus. It's him. He's already invited you. All you have to do tonight is accept that invitation. And if you're here tonight, and you're saying, listen, I'm depressed. And I've tried everything. I've tried the medication. I've tried the counseling. I've tried to, to write my feelings out. I've tried all these things, and nothing is working. And I just want to be happy. I just want to be okay. I know for a fact there's someone in this room right now that you're like, that's me. And if you were brave enough, you would say, that's me right here. I need this help. I need joy. I'm just lost. Then I'm here to tell you the road to recovery, the road to redemption, the road to salvation is Jesus Christ. And he wants you to have a relationship with him so that you can experience joy. Unspeakable, unmatchable joy. You're like, man, man, Pastor Izzy, you're like really, really emotional about this. Ariel and I, Pastor Ariel and I, we've been grateful for this. But when I thought about moving to Chicago, I had everything planned out. We're going to get this house, white picket fence. 
Our dog's going to love it. Darla, can't wait for you to meet her. She's pregnant with our first miracle baby. I'm so excited. And the second we got here, guys, it has been issue after issue after issue. It has been obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. And we've cried in the car. We've been like, Lord, we're not going back. You called us here. This is home now. So <laughs> you got to help us. And it's been mind-boggling because we've been having such a great time. Would you say so? She's like, yeah. We've been having so much fun. I mean, don't get me wrong, just moments of weakness. And I want you to know tonight that that's okay. That's okay to have those moments where you're like, here's another thing. All the things I've tried to help make me happy, they're not working. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that Ariel, Pastor Ariel and I don't have internet at the place that we're staying right now. Because if I can tell you, sometimes video games and sometimes YouTube is my happiness. But at some point, I get mad at the game and don't want to play. At some point, I'm over watching YouTube videos and the video has to, the video has to end at some point. Joy never ends. Why? Because he never ends. Because he remains. So how is it that Pastor Ariel and I can come to work and to come to church and smile and, and, and be vibrant and be contagious? Why? It's because of Jesus. It's because of our relationship with him. It doesn't make sense to other people. Everyone else says you have every right to be frustrated. You have every right to be angry. You have every right to turn away from God and try to go find things that will help you. But we have said no. We will go to the cross and we will find Jesus there and he will come down and he will meet us and he will wrap us in his arms and God is saying I've got you. I see you. Joy. It's not a fake smile that you see up here today. I'm happy because I'm believing this for tomorrow. But after almost two weeks of situation after situation, Ariel and I, Pastor Ariel and I, will be at 1 o'clock in Jesus' name, be closing on our house. It's so easy to be joyful when you get the keys to the house. But what about when they tell you, hey, this might not happen? It's Jesus. So if you're here, if you could just stand across this place. I skipped a lot of my notes because I really wanted you to have some time in the altars. But like I said earlier, there's only one way to get this joy, to experience this joy, and that's through Jesus. So if you could bow your heads and close your eyes. No one looking around. This is a very important moment of tonight. This is the most important moment of the night. You're here. I have to ask you a question as your eyes are closed and your head is bowed. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you have a real relationship with Jesus? Because I'm here to tell you that you won't experience this joy without it. 
And it's not me blackmailing you into religiosity. It's not me blackmailing you for a check, for your tithe, for your offering. It's me saying, I care about your soul. I care about where you're going to spend eternity. Because the reality of it is, is, is that you will live forever. It's where you're going to live forever. And it's only through Jesus that you find this joy. And it's only through Jesus that you get to heaven. You're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And you say, I want that joy. What do I have to do? Tonight, if that's you in this place, and you're saying, I'm done trying to do it on my own. I'm done trying to be happy. I'm done trying to find things that will fulfill me. I'm over it. I'm over it. If that's you, and you say, tonight is the night that I want to start a relationship with Jesus without anybody looking around, on a count of three, I just want you to slip up your hand so that I can see you, and then you can put it right back down. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to do anything. This is your choice. So on a count of three, one, God loves you. He cares about you. He wants to give you joy. Two, there's nothing in this world that can stop God from loving you. Three, if that's you and you want a relationship with Jesus and you're not where you need to be, put up your hand. I see you. I see you. Thank 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 you. You can put those hands down. Maybe you're here and you're like, you know, I've been coming here for a little bit and, and I just need to reconnect with Jesus. I, I've been a little far from him. I once used to follow him. I once used to be faithful, but now I'm not. But Pastor Izzy, tonight, I really want to experience this joy that has helped you out so much. If that's you, on a count of three, well, just lift up your hand. If you want to reconnect with Jesus, meaning you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. One, two, three. If that's you, you want to rededicate your life. Awesome. I see those hands. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. You can throw those hands down. Throw those hands down. Right, with everybody looking up at me right now. God is so crazy about you. And I believe that when you hurt, he hurts. But he's given us this fruit that in any circumstance will sustain us. It'll make us full. Joy. That's for you tonight. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to respond to this. So as we sing, what song are we singing? Yes, one of my favorite songs right now that we're doing. We're going to make some room to do whatever he wants to do. Amen. So let's do this. Can you just come down to the front and let's spread out. And if you raised your hand tonight, I'm going to ask you to be bold one more time. Just be bold one more time. And we're not here to judge you. I'm not here to judge you. But I think I will do a disservice to you if I just don't have a leader connect with you in this moment. And so if you could one more time just say, hey, I need somebody to pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Or I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Would you one more time, just while looking at me, would you just raise your hand? 
Can I have leaders? My two guys, man, awesome. God's going to cover you in his joy tonight. Can I get two leaders with them? Awesome, awesome. We're going to sing this song, and we're going to pray. But what do you do in this moment, right? We've landed the plane. Now what? What are we doing? In this moment, at this altar, it's you saying, God, I don't want anything else but what you have for me. Lord, nothing will satisfy me like the way you can. Nothing will fulfill me like the way you can. This is you saying, God, in this moment, I choose joy. I choose you. Come on, let's lift our hands across this place. Go ahead, start singing. Yes, Lord, we praise you. We acknowledge your hand and your favor in this place. And we've seen God time and time again that the things of this world will never satisfy us. We see that the things in this world will never, Lord, complete us. These things that are so temporary, these things that will not last. And we say that those are lies from the enemy. That joy that is sustaining, that is unspeakable joy, that is fullness of joy only comes from you. And so right now, God, we turn from the things that distract us and attract us away from you. Tonight, God, we turn our faces to you because it was you at the cross that saw us and counted it joy and it is us here at this moment looking at you and accepting the invitation of a relationship with you and saying yes to joy it's saying yes to Jesus oh we make room for you Lord do what you want to do in our lives come on press in yes we praise you Lord we praise your name come on press tonight What are those things that God is saying to you that will never make you happy, that will never give you joy? And turn from it tonight. Turn away from those things and turn to Jesus. Only He.